The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wester Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. So sometimes when, uh, again, thinking about Easter, we just kind of focus on the resurrection, which we should, but we need to keep in mind the whole accounting that is here. Um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, we, when we take the accounting of Jesus, it's just, it's an event. It's an event in human history. Somebody doesn't want to go back. <laughs> It's an event in human history that changed human history. It changed history. And we may, we may separate out life, death, burial, and resurrection, but in my mind, God sees it as a single event. The coming of Jesus, a single event. The, the, this whole accounting of Jesus wasn't just about His being born and about His life and ministry, and then death, burial, and resurrection. It's like a one event. God, in, the, in eternity, He sees this moment in time. And so, for me, I get to thinking about that, and I think about the story, the accounting of Easter, and I think about life, death, new life. And I think it's kind of this theme that just kind of runs through the Scripture, life, death, new life. You think about creation, destruction, new creation. And so we, I'm, I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about it in terms of what we see in Scripture. I mean, you get to see it in the life of Moses, that's for sure. So Moses, you know, that they're in slavery in Egypt, and he's born, right, life. And then because that the Pharaoh had said that all the children two years of age and younger should be put to death, his mom, wanting to preserve his life, put him in the Nile River and floated him down as this symbol of death. And then Pharaoh's daughter, hearing him and picking him up and giving him what? New life. And then even again in Moses' life, here he is, this... uh, nudge of God on his life. He's living this, he's living this life as a, this prince. And then there is this nudge of God in his life to do something about the slavery of his people. And we then find him exiled in the desert, this symbol of death. And then God calling him at the burning bush to go back to lead his people out of Israel, this symbol of new life again. And we get to see it in the story of Joseph, He's a young man, has prominent family, has this hope before him, he has this life. And then what happens to him? He's sold to his brothers and he's, he's in bondage in a, in a land, this symbol of death. And I use that a lot because symbol of death, because what we have to have in our heads is life, death, new life. We have to know that no matter who you are and you're living this life, you're living this physical life, but that was never the full intention of God, just a physical life. But it was to live and have this spiritual life, this life that is in union with God, and the only way that is going to come is by death. Am I going to die physically? No, just like Nicodemus goes, whoa, what do you mean new birth? I got to go back into my mother's womb. How's that all going to happen? This symbol... And so often we're, we're fearful of this symbol of death. 
but the symbol of death is just the idea of laying our lives down. It's, it's, it's a shift in our life. It's walking away from a past. It's walking into a new future. Death, life, death, new life. And so Joseph, he's sold into slavery, and we learn that God uses him as a prince to bring, he has now a new life to bring life to his, those that are around him, his family. And then even in the Apostle Paul, born in privilege, blinded life, born or uh, blinded on the road to Damascus, this symbol of death. And then for him, being born again, this new life, and the new life that he would lead would be one that would be bring this message of hope to those that are around him. And when thinking about it all, you know, this whole idea of the symbol of death or this death, this, this dying to ourself to find new life, dying to ourself to find new life. That's, that's, the whole, that's the whole story. And it's all the whole story, the crux of it, what's, what, it's all tied to the cross. It's all this symbol of death, this idea of what Jesus has done for us. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. What a, what a great story. And yet we're so apprehensive. Before you come to Christ, you're so apprehensive. You hear it from everybody. You might even see it in their life, but you're so apprehensive. Yeah, I don't, yeah that's just not a, that's not a step I can take. I don't even, there's too much unknown about that. I, that. That's not a step I'm willing to take. But like I mentioned last week, it's, it's a step that you must take. It's like, how are you going to find what I found? How are you going to learn, how are you going to know what is on the other side of that door of unknown until you take the step? And everyone in here that has received Jesus Christ as their Savior can tell the story of how tricky it was to get there, how hard it was maybe for that to believe. But that at that moment in time when God was, as God was nudging them and they did take the step, it was like, oh my goodness, I've just, uh, the, oh, oh, that was so easy. It, it was a mountain that was ahead of me before. But now it was, it, was, it was like nothing. What hindered me from doing that before? And I think so often it has the idea of it, this, this symbol, this symbol of loss in some way. But why hang on to an old life that is not going to get you where you want to go and you've tried to do it for so many times you keep hitting brick walls only to keep hitting a brick wall and never wanting to take a road that is going to lead you to where you need to go. I love this, this, when Jesus said, there is a way that leads a way to life, and few there be that find it. See, from where you are, that road that people talk to you about, that road that you need to take, leads away. And it leads away to what? It leads away to life. This is why this morning is so impactful, because we are remembering. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 say this, 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven to you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation, of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So this morning, what I want to remind us of is to celebrate it all. Celebrate the life, death, and new life. Why do I say that? Because when I look back, I look back to an old life. And I celebrate that God has drawn me out of that, but I celebrate that while I was there, now that I've had this this dying to myself and coming to Christ and finding new life, there is such an assurance to me. There's such a vivid reality of what I was and what happened and what I am, who I am. So even your old life, your foolish life, no matter how hard-headed you have been, no matter how much you've kicked and screamed and held back from taking that step, all of that rolls into a reality of who you were, what he's done, and who you are now and what is ahead of you. I don't know about you, but that is, uh, it's such a testimony. It's a testimony to me in my own life. I don't have to look back very far. Life, death, and the burial of resurrection, Jesus Christ, is that most pivotal point in human history. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I was telling him that, you know, the world around us may try to dismiss or hijack the most two important events on our calendar concerning Jesus, which Christmas and Easter... You know, for them, Christmas and Easter have just become about gifts. And so when we were chatting, I said, yeah, that's true, but there's a thread of truth tied in both of them that they need to see. We need to help them see, because it is, they are about gifts, the gift of his son and the gift of new life through his son. And so for us, it's, it's almost like sneaking in the back door. Uh, to tell people about Jesus because they're just thinking about for them what it looks like for them but it's all still tied to a to this thread of truth it's about gift it's about the gift of his son and about the gift of new life and so for me we're going to be taking communion this morning and and for me all this is this why of communion when he says what you need to do is you do, need to do this remembering. You need to do this remembering me. You need to do it in remembrance of me. See, everything is tied to our remembering what Jesus has done for us. And this is the thing that God had been aiming at all along. It was a redemption of humanity. And I've shared this before. I want to share it again this morning that, you know, I think we get to see it I, get to, I think we get to see this whole thing laid out in the first Passover. And we get to see it in the four cups of communion. There were four cups of wine that they drank during this uh, Passover meal. And these four cups represented these four promises of God. And they're found in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, where 
God speaks to Moses and say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, I will deliver you from slavery to them, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you will know that you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And so these four promises in brief are, I will bring you out, I will deliver you, I will redeem you, and I will take you to be my people. And so in this first cup of communion uh, was called the cup of sanctification, which is to commemorate the promise I will bring you out. In other words, I will separate you from the Egyptians. In the Egyptians, we understand the symbol of the world, the symbol of an old life that you were in. The second cup is called the cup of deliverance, and that relates to the second promise. I will free you from being slaves. I will deliver you. And then the third cup, called the cup of redemption, where God says, I will redeem you, which is the cup that Jesus shared with his disciples in their last Passover together. And we are currently here at the promise of redemption, which we are going to partake of in just a minute. And it was at this Passover, remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He said to them, this is after the resurrection, he even said it to them, this, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. And so communion really just refocuses us. We do this to show, he said. Do this to show, to declare, to to teach the Lord's death until he comes. We do this until he comes again. And so communion is this testimony. It's this testimony of our redemption and promise of what is to come. And that is not just the new life we have here, but this eternal life that's ahead of us. And so right now in in our time, and even right now today, we're looking forward to this fourth cup that we'll partake of. And it's, it's tied to that fourth promise. And the fourth cup is called the cup of hope or expectation or completion, where God says, I will take you to myself as my own people. I will complete. I will fulfill all that I have promised. And so in this accounting, he's telling them, and then in chapter 12, kind of at the close of this accounting, he says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, he says, this day will be done for you to remember. As a reminder, as a record. I want want this to be recorded. I want this as a record. This is what happened on this day. And we celebrate today because this is what happened on this day. At this moment in history, this is what has taken place. And Jesus, we know, he was the first to be raised to new life, and we're the ones who will follow him. So communion brings hope that we too will be resurrected to eternal life with God. So life, death, new life. And I'm just kind of curious this morning, are we still embracing that? Are you in here this morning and you've not embraced that? Because now is a wonderful opportunity to embrace the reality that it is, yes, you are here, yes, you're living your life, but are you living the life that God has offered? A life, an abundant life. 
A life where you are no longer separated from God because of your sin. A life that Jesus has rescued. This life that is a new life. So that's, that's the question for us this morning. How are we doing with that? Tom, why don't you come? Sometimes it is, you hear the question, have I laid my life down? And you say, yes. Uh, this morning, I just want to encourage you, encourage us. Are we laying our life down? Because as we lay our life down, we find a new life that he's given. Amen?